Hello, welcome to the monthly Skill Bites show where we share information that is geared to helping you succeed in your business. This is Judy Weintraub, CEO of Skill Bites and host of this show. If you want to position yourself as an expert, one of the best ways to do that is to become a published author. Skillbytes author platform provides the easiest way to get a book written and published. Today, our guest is Jacqueline Grant, founder and director of the Management Academy, LLC, and its subsidiary, the Build Your Consulting Business Now Summit and host of the LinkedIn live show, The Difference Makers. Jacqueline is also the creator of the LinkedIn client formula known as the LinkedIn Client Lady. Her company serves entrepreneurs providing full circle business management consulting and professional development programs, as well as courses, workshops, and seminars. Jacqueline's the author of two books, What to Expect When Taking the PMP Exam and What Are the Risks in Your Organization? as well as the upcoming book, Start Your Consulting Business Now. Jacqueline, welcome to the Skill Bites Show. Thank you so much, Judy. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, tell us how you became known as the LinkedIn Client Lady. Well, I'm a business management and marketing consultant, and I work with professionals who want to move forward in their careers or start businesses. and Basically, I found that they had the need to be able to have a pipeline of fresh, qualified leads coming into their business on a consistent basis. And so whether it was my business management clients or my training clients, they all needed that same foundation of how to make LinkedIn work for them. I had actually taken my business totally online in 2017. And when I did that, I came across a problem that I really didn't foresee. And that was how to bring in new people when I am not meeting them in person. I'm not meeting them face to face. So I had been using LinkedIn years before. And I said, well, how can I now transfer an in-person experience to an online experience? And I did that with LinkedIn. That's how I actually started to get 90% of my business coming in through LinkedIn. And my clients were asking me, well, how did you do that? How did you transition in such a way just using LinkedIn? So I started to share my strategies with them. I started to show them what I did and apply it to their particular business or industry. And they had the same type of success. And so I wound up packaging it into a program, and it's now today called the LinkedIn Client Formula, where people can add hundreds of qualified ideal clients to their free LinkedIn account in 60 days or less. And it works for corporate workers, nine to five workers, or entrepreneurs. And so they started to call me the LinkedIn Client Lady. Yeah, very good. So tell us more. What is the LinkedIn client formula? Well, it is my strategic way of building business relationships online. It's so much more than just building a pretty profile picture. It's really so much more than that. It is really about how to build those business relationships 
without being salesy, without just throwing your, your calendar link to someone and saying, let's have a meeting, but actually building a relationship where they want to do business with you, where they are actually asking about your product or service because of how you've been positioned on LinkedIn, where LinkedIn works for you 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and LinkedIn actually becomes your spokesperson for you and a billboard to the world. Wow, that sounds very impressive. Can you share some details as to what you do to build those relationships? Well, no one likes salesy tactics. No one likes to be uh, just kind of accosted with, buy my stuff, buy my stuff. We all want to, in essence, have like a dance where you get to meet, you get a little bit of insight as to who they are, you share a little bit of insight as to who you are. It's like dating. And it's the same on LinkedIn. No one likes to receive a connection request. Oh, this person looks interesting. I think I'll connect with them. And as soon as you hit that connect button, buy my stuff, buy my stuff. Here's a link, buy my stuff. You don't even know if I want your stuff yet because they haven't taken the time to get to know you. So what I showcase is how to build those business relationships where you build the know, like, and trust factors, even though you're not there in person, and doing it in an online presence on LinkedIn, because it is different than the other social media platforms, and showing people how to transition what would happen in person to build that know, like, and trust factor, and how to transition that into an online presence. So for example, just to give you one example, your picture is very, very important. And so what we recommend is that your picture for your LinkedIn profile be from the shoulders up. Why is that? Because when you meet someone in person, whether you're sitting down or standing up, you're likely looking at them in their face and you're seeing them from the shoulders up. That doesn't mean you can't look elsewhere, but you are likely focusing from the shoulders up. And what do you see? You see their eyes. You see the expression on their face. You see a smile. And when someone smiles at you, what usually happens is that you smile back. And that starts the engagement to get to know if you feel some sync or energy from that person that you align with. So how do we now transition that to online? When you have your picture from the shoulders up, they're getting a similar type of experience. They can focus in on your face and your features. They can see your eyes. The eyes are the windows to the soul, as they say. They get to see your smile. So we want you to smile in your LinkedIn picture so that people can get an idea of your personality. When you actually meet that person at some time in the future in person, this is what you want them to be able to say, whether verbally or in their minds. You look just like your picture. And why is that? Because they could actually tell who you are from your picture. If you have a picture where it's full body and it's at a distance and they can't see your features and they can't see you know, what you look like, it's hard for them to get a feel for who you are. So to summarize, when you have a LinkedIn picture from the shoulders up, they get to see your features, they get to see your eyes, they get to see your smile, and thus they get an essence of who you are 
And that's just one way to get an essence of who you are. Another little secret is that many profiles have a little radio icon or horn icon next to the person's name. Not everyone has it yet because it's still a relatively new feature that uh, is being rolled out. But many people do have this little horn next to their name. And the purpose of that originally is for you to pronounce your name, especially if you have a name that is often mispronounced. You can pronounce your name correctly and give people a way not only to know how to pronounce your name, but also to hear your voice. Again, that gives another level of getting to know, like, and trust you because in person, they would hear your voice. And so now in this online environment, they get to hear your voice. But what I do is take that a step further and I actually use that as a way to share what I do and who I do it for. So you have up to 10 seconds, which can be a long time, you have 10 seconds to be able to say something about what you do and why someone should want to work with you or something along that line, whatever message you want to convey in that 10 seconds, you can use that as, again, a verbal billboard to be able to showcase what you do and who you do it for. So I know we are here on audio. What I would like to do is just play for you what my little audio file says and I'll turn up my audio so hopefully you'll hear it and here it is. I'm Jacqueline Grant. I teach entrepreneurs how to add hundreds of ideal qualified clients to their free LinkedIn account in 60 days or less without paid ads or sales navigator. So I had to get a lot in there in 10 seconds but I got it in there on a couple of takes and I was able to get everything in that I wanted to say. So well, that's really amazing. Now I have to go back to my profile and see if I can find that little horn. Yes, definitely. It's right next to your name. If you have it, if you don't have it, just be patient. You'll have it eventually. Again, it's being rolled out to, to the millions of LinkedIn, uh, the LinkedIn community members. So just be patient. You'll, you'll get it eventually, but uh, that's just another way to, position and market yourself. And thirdly, I'd like to share the fact that your LinkedIn profile is not, not, not a place just to put your resume. It is not the place just to put your resume because actually if you are, whether a nine to five worker seeking a new job, a new advancement within your uh, career path or an entrepreneur, definitely if you're an entrepreneur, you don't want to just put your resume on there because who you are as an entrepreneur is very different and the, the showcasing of your talents is very different than if you are a nine to five worker. Now there are many who are doing both. They are a nine to five worker. And when I say nine to five, I mean, in essence, you are working for a company or an entity and you are also maybe a solopreneur or an entrepreneur working in your own business full or part time. There are ways to position your LinkedIn profile to actually pull double duty and do both. And without any overlap or uh, being 
disingenuous to your place of employment, because I know that's very sensitive where you don't want to necessarily let your employer know you have a business or that you are doing other things on the side. But understand this. This is your personal LinkedIn profile page. Your company does not own you or your profile page. Now, depending on the company you work for and depending on their perspectives on things, you know that better than anyone else. And you can determine how much or how little you might want to put onto your LinkedIn profile page. But I have seen where employees have put their company information or their company logo on their personal LinkedIn page. And that's great to promote the company. But if you at some point now or in the future have the goal of switching companies or going out on your own in your own business, now that's a whole branding escapade that you have to undo. And so I want you to be settled in the fact that your LinkedIn profile page is your personal page. That's as if you had your house and you put the logo of your company on your front lawn. You, they may help pay your mortgage, but they don't own your house. Does that make sense? It does, yes. So you may utilize the funds that you receive as an employee to pay your mortgage, but they don't own your house. So your page is yours to do with what you so please. Now, another thing you can do is to be able to lock down who can access your page. You can either make your page public or you can make it only for your connections. Now, if you're already connected to certain people in your company, you can quietly unconnect from them if that's something you want to do. But the point I'm making is that you want to be able to secure who can access your page. And if you have concerns that your company might not like certain things on your page, you have to determine your company culture and how far you may want to go with that or not. Because, again, this is your personal page. So any questions on that, Judy? Uh, no, I, I guess for entrepreneurs, there's not as much of a concern with limiting access as there might be for employees for, with a company. Um, Very that's true. Something to keep in mind. Very true, but also from an entrepreneurial standpoint, there are still maybe some security um, items you want to keep in mind. For example, for me, I have it where someone needs to put in my email address in order to send me a LinkedIn connection request. And why is that? Because I don't want to receive connection requests from spammers, people who just want access to my list of connections, which are very valuable. My connections are very valuable. So I don't want just anyone trying to connect and gain access to my community. I hold them very near and dear to me. And so I protect them. And that's one of the ways that I protect them. Also, um, if someone really wanted to be able to connect with me, there are multiple ways to do that. My company information is on my LinkedIn profile. And if they did a little searching, 
it is right there. <laughs> it is right there. But again, it takes a little bit of an effort to just look on the page and find it. But it's just another step to make sure that spammers don't uh, send me information that I don't want. And many people say, well, you know, you know a lot of people. You must get spam information all the time. And actually, I don't for precisely that reason. I make sure that I lock down who has access to my profile and what they are able to see. Certain things are able to be seen by the public, but they can't reach me just uh, openly like that. Mm -hmm. Now, do you reach out to a lot of people on LinkedIn or are you mainly getting invitations to connect? It's a little bit of both because I strategically reach out to people who I feel would be great to be connected to for a variety of different reasons. I mean, it's not one reason for everyone. There are different types of people that I like to be connected to or I'm interested in learning more about what they do. So I do reach out to people, but people do reach out to me as well. I do speaking engagements and I do podcasts like yours and I do other summits and other speaking opportunities. And whenever I speak, I often uh, give out my contact information and then people reach out to me because now I've given them my email address and my contact information. So that is the invitation for them to contact me if they like. Yeah, there used to be a way on the free version of LinkedIn where you could do uh, searches and it would send emails whenever there were people who met your search criteria. But I, I don't know that they do that anymore. They still do that, but you have to set it up a certain way in your settings to be able to do that. And you have to send them somewhat manually. It doesn't, it's not automated unless it, unless what you're referring to is say, for instance, if I do an update to my, my profile, maybe I, if I'm a work working person, I, got a promotion and if I change my information in my employment section, if it's set that way in my settings, it will announce that promotion to everyone in my connection list. But that's if you set it up that way. I have mine where it doesn't let people know about my updates because I'm always tweaking and changing my profile based on whatever I'm doing at that particular time. There are times of the year when I have summits. There are times of the year when I'm promoting different programs and courses. So I'm always changing it. So I don't want to bother people with all the changes that I might make. If they're interested at any point in time, they can come and look and see what's there. Right. Yeah, I was referring more to searches that you could do to sort of automatically connect with the people that you wanted to, to connect with on LinkedIn. Like, let's say you want to connect with business owners in a certain geographic area that um, have a certain type of business or whatever. You can um, search for that with your existing connections, but of course, LinkedIn is a business, so they have that feature as a paid option, not as a free option. Right. They used to have it as a free option. Mm -hmm. Well, they like money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know if there was a way around the um, acquisition of uh, the subscription to Sales Navigator to still do uh, automated searches. Yes, you can do general searches. You just can't send emails to them. You can you can generate the search, but then 
it's not an automated send to all of them. You have to do them manually. You have to connect with each person or send an in-mail to each person and do it individually. Right. And the in-mail is not part of the free LinkedIn, right? You have to. I do have the um, the paid version because of certain features that it allows me to do certain things that I use as part of my strategy. But in my program, my LinkedIn client formula program, everything that I teach in that program is with the free version of LinkedIn. But um, it's been so long now, I don't really remember if that is still something on the free on the free version. Yeah, I don't think emails are part of the free version. Okay. Okay. I could be wrong about that. Well, the thing is, I have in-mail as part of my paid version, but I don't have it because of that. I, I rarely even use it. I have other strategies that I can reach out to people to be able to connect with who I believe is uh, either my ideal target audience or my um, ideal person for resources for my clients. So I don't even really use the in-mail that I get with my program. Yeah, I actually find the in-mails that I get uh, annoying because nine times out of 10, they're sales pitches. Exactly, exactly. And that's why I don't use it either because I don't want to be perceived as that either. Right. So any hot tips around uh, finding your target audience on LinkedIn? Actually, yes, but it, it starts before you ever even touch LinkedIn is because you have to really be clear on who is your target audience by doing an exercise that you may be familiar with as far as identifying your customer avatar. And it's not the avatar from the movie years ago. It's actually uh, a fictional or real person who is your ideal client. It could be an actual person or it could be uh, a a compilation of multiple people, different pieces or features of different people that together culminate to be your ideal person whom you would like to work with. And when you have all the features and um, characteristics of that ideal client, then you can now utilize LinkedIn in a very unique and ultimate way to be able to find those particular people. So, one strategy is to be able to know where they live, work, and play. And when you know where they live, work, and play, then you can delve into LinkedIn to find those types of places and be amongst where your target audience is. Because when you are there, then you get to now see what their needs are, what their problems are, what their solutions are. In essence, what everyone says, what keeps them up at night then you can be there to be able to be that solution provider, answering questions or being a resource for them. And that's when you get, again, develop that no like, and trust factor so that they naturally want to do business with you versus you hounding them, chasing them down, trying to get them to buy your stuff. All right. How much time do you think you spend on LinkedIn every day and how much time do you think an average business person should plan to spend on LinkedIn? Well, that's a question that's going to be different for each person, depending on the goals that they have for their business, where they are right now and how far or near they are from their desired destination. For me right now, I probably spend 
10, 15 minutes a day and not every day, but when I do, it's about 10 to 15 minutes and it's throughout the day. It's not just one chunk of time depending on the day, because I, if I make a post on a particular day, <clears throat> I may go in to see how it's doing, if there are any responses that I can thus respond to. And I just want to check the stats of how many people have seen it, how many people have uh, viewed it or made any comments on it or shared it. But if it's a day when I have I have a LinkedIn live show, as, as you mentioned earlier, and so if it's a day when I am having my LinkedIn live show, I will check more frequently because people tend to comment more either leading right up to the show or right after the show. And then, of course, the next day, most people watch on the replay. So it's really that evening and the next day and through my show is on a Thursday. So from Thursday evening, Friday and Saturday is when most of the viewership and the comments come in. So I will want to be responsive to those who are viewing, those who are watching and commenting and be engaged with my audience. So during those times, I'm more engaged because that's really just fun for me. It's seeing what the audience wants, what the audience is responding to and being responsive to that. But aside from that, I'm not posting just for the sake of posting. I'm not posting because I have to hit some quota. I'm posting when it is appropriate and timely. And it's all about really just being consistent, whatever that is for you. So some people, it may be more, some people, it may be less. But for me, what I say within my LinkedIn client formula is that once you have everything in place, as I share with you in the course, it should take you 10 to 15 minutes a day, no more, no less, unless you choose to do more, unless you decide to engage more or to post more. But my recommendation is 10 to 15 minutes a day because we don't want it to become a chore. We don't want it to be something you have to do. We want it to be something you enjoy doing because you're getting feedback from your audience as to how you can best serve them. Yeah, 10 to 15 minutes a day is pretty reasonable. Um, it, especially if it's not even every day, you know, maybe you spend 30 minutes one day and zero the next day or whatever. Exactly. It's just social media can be um, such a, a black hole. You get caught up in it and spend hours and then you're not getting a whole lot of other things done. You're not getting a whole lot of other things done. Plus, you know, I, I have a presence on Facebook, but I, I just have to say, and just being transparent, that I don't spend a lot of time on Facebook because my my people are on LinkedIn. And that's not to say that they aren't on Facebook as well, but it's just the fact that when they are looking to make a buying decision, when they're looking to make a, a higher ticket price uh, purchase, when they are researching someone, they're doing that on LinkedIn. They're making their decisions based on what they see on LinkedIn. So they may research you on Facebook and see what you're doing on Facebook, but in essence, the higher the ticket price of your product or service, the more the decision maker is on LinkedIn and making their decision based on LinkedIn. I have found that um, I, my target audience tends to be on LinkedIn and like yours, they're probably on Facebook as well. And maybe I would do just as well on Facebook. I don't know. But I figure that I would rather do a better job with one 
social media platform, then do a mediocre job with multiple social media platforms. True. I agree with that. And LinkedIn appeals to me more because it's more business-like. I agree with that as well. <laughs> I agree with that as well. It's, it's the point that um, if you are at the point of looking for more than one-off sales, meaning one-to-one -one direct sales, if you are looking for decision makers who are department heads, directors, CEOs, executives, CEOs of their own companies, as well as CEOs of major corporations, um, and you are looking to sell numbers of what you have to offer or contractual services where you're looking at multiple figures, those decisions are being made on LinkedIn. Those decisions aren't being made on Facebook. So let's just use that as an example. If you provide coaching services, executive coaching services, where are the executives? They're on LinkedIn. They, that's not to say that they're not on Facebook, but if they are going to hire an executive coach and they're going to bring that purchase order or that invoice to their HR department or to their director, and that director is going to research who they might be paying for this particular service, they're going to LinkedIn. Yep. And if they ask you, well, where did you find this person? And you do you feel comfortable saying to your executive director, I found this person on Facebook versus I found this person on LinkedIn? Which, would, which do you think they would be more receptive to? And again, not saying anything against Facebook, but perception is everything. And you have to not only look at your own perception of what you think, but what are the other decision makers, even within your organization, thinking as far as the resource that you're bringing to them to approve. So let's say most of your audience is entrepreneurs already. Even with being an entrepreneur, if you are looking to engage with other entrepreneurs, they're on LinkedIn. If you're looking to engage with corporate executives or hiring managers that could possibly hire you as a, as a consultant or a coach for their sales team, let's say, those decisions are being made on LinkedIn. I work a lot with recruiters and hiring managers, and this is what they say, not me. This is what they say. If you're not on LinkedIn, you don't exist because if they are hiring for a product or a service or, or a position and they are remotely interested in you, they're going to do their due diligence and their research and they're going to do that on LinkedIn. And they have said, if they can't find you on LinkedIn, they're on to the next person because they value what LinkedIn provides for them which is a track record of your history, not only of what you say you've done, but what others have said and verified that you've done as well, because there's opportunities for recommendations and, and other ways that third-party persons can comment on your professionalism and your work ethic and all these other things. So it's one thing of what you say about yourself, but it's still another added value about what other people have to say about you. Well, getting back to how you build relationships with people that you're connecting with on LinkedIn, 
how many messages do you think you typically send to build that relationship? Again, that varies with each person as well as it varies with the people that they're reaching out to. So for example, if I reach out to one person and they have been thinking about what I have to offer and they've been wondering who they should use and I reach out to them and I am professional, warm, friendly, not pushy, not salesy, they might want to hear more because they were already positioned to want what I had to offer. They were just determining how to make the choice versus if I approach someone who had just been approached by some spammy salesy person, then it might take a little longer for them to warm up to me because they just think, oh, it's another one of these people again. So it really just depends. There's no one answer to that question. But what I can share with you is the fact that if you position yourself to be known as a non-salesy person, a professional person, and you your profile reflects that before they ever talk to you or meet you, let your profile do the work for you. It will lay the ground and it will allow people to self-select to want to contact you, want to raise their hand and want to say, I want to know more or I want to work with you. So it does the work, the bulk of the work for you before you ever have to meet or have a conversation with an interested party. Great. Well, there are times when... Uh... When I reach out to people and I don't hear back at all, there's other times when they connect and I will send them a message and then they don't respond to the message. So you just have to keep playing with it, I guess. Well, that's that's interesting you said that because there are a, a large number of people who just don't know what to say. They just don't know what to say. So they receive a connection request. They accept the connection request, but then they never reach out, they never respond, they never say anything to the person who invited them to connect. And likewise, the person who invited them to connect probably just hit the connect button, which is the automated default, I'd like to invite you to my professional network, whatever that default message is that everyone knows and everyone hates. <laughs> and so both parties are at a stalemate. Each one is waiting for the other one to, to say something or do something and neither party takes action. And thus they both have big numbers next to their names, but they don't know who they're connected to. I'm one that I can say that I know the majority of the people that I'm connected to. So sure, there are people who have 12,000, 15,000 connections and I have close to 3,000. But for me, it's about quality versus quantity. So do you really think that those people who know or are connected to 12,000, 15,000 people, do you think they even know half of those people? They're just numbers. They're just numbers. Whereas with my 3,000, I know the majority of them. I know them either that I've met them in person or I've had a phone call with them or I've had a Zoom call with them or some type of Skype or some kind of point of connection where we've had a conversation. They can say that they know something about me because we've had a conversation. I can say I know something about them because we've had a conversation. I can have an idea of if I come across someone who, who wants or needs what they have to offer, I could feel some level of 
comfort in referring them because I've at least had a, a feel for them because I've engaged with them versus if you just have this big number next to your name and you don't know any of those people and those people don't know you, then they can't do anything for you and you can't do anything for them because would you put yourself on the line to refer someone that you value to someone you've never met and never had a conversation just by nature of whatever it might be on their profile? I mean, we all know that there are a lot of people that have a lot of great looking profiles, but they, when you actually engage with the person, there's a disconnect. Yep. So it's about quality versus quantity, because I'd rather have, let's say, 100 good connections that want and need what I have to offer, maybe not today or tomorrow, but in some near future, they have a high probability of needing my product or service versus to have a thousand people that I'm connected to that don't know me, don't care about me, and don't want what I have. I've heard, Jacqueline, that there's, a, there's at least one app out there that will scrub the internet and find email addresses for your LinkedIn connections. Are you aware of something like that? There are scrubber type apps out there. I don't recommend them because a couple of reasons. Number one, it's against LinkedIn's uh, terms and conditions to use those on your profile. Number two, that's why they have Sales Navigator because they want you to pay for that. But there is a way you, again, it's part of the settings. It's part of the settings within uh LinkedIn, you can determine whether you want your email to be downloadable from your profile. There is a way for you to go into your settings and to be able to download your connections. These are your connections now. This is not just anyone on LinkedIn, but you right. can download your connections and those connections that have given permission for their email to be downloaded, you will be able to download that as part of the spreadsheet. If not, you'll just get their information without the email address. But with a little effort, you can go directly to their profile and more than likely their email address is in the profile. It's just not downloadable from that spreadsheet format. Right. It's a lot slower. Used to be you could get everybody's email addresses. but Why do you think that is happening? I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, if, if you go to the profile, then you're doing it one by one copying the email address from their contact information into your spreadsheet. Yes, but why they stopped doing that and why they, that used to be a default that your email address was downloadable. Now it's the default that it is not and you have to engage it to be downloaded. It's because people were getting spammed a lot. People were getting spam information. So a few made it bad for the rest of us. Yeah, oh well. <clears throat> Well, um, Jacqueline, this has been really helpful. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about how you help your clients to get hundreds of qualified leads without being salesy and without having to pay for LinkedIn's um, premium programs? I would love to, Judy. Thank you. LinkedIn Client Formula is the world's most comprehensive and supportive program that helps you to use LinkedIn more efficiently <clears throat> more effectively, saving time and money, and building those business relationships with the people who want and need what you have to offer. But 
Again, it's about building those relationships, especially with people you've likely never met before. When you have a uh, an offer, uh, whether it's a program, a course, a book, whatever it might be, people want to know the person behind the sale or the offer. And so when you, over time, allow people to get to know you like you trust you in non-traditional ways that everyone else is doing, which becomes rather salesy, you distinguish yourself from the others, you stand out, and thus people take notice. And again, it's about getting your ideal people to raise their hand and ask questions of you or want to know more or want to purchase what you have to offer because they are now self-selecting to want to know more versus you chasing people down, which no one likes to do that, chasing people down, convincing them that what you have is great and how they need it. No one likes that on either side of the coin. So the program that I've developed actually overcomes all of those barriers on both sides of chasing people down and being chased and being being uh, subjected to salesy tactics. So it's a six week program and each week builds upon the previous week to be able to not only position your profile to work for you 24 hours a day, seven days a week, but also to build those relationships so that your profile not only reflects what your ideal client wants and needs to see to be able to make a decision to hire you, but also to have that profile working for you 24 hours a day. And it builds upon itself so that your ideal people are actually reaching out to you. So those 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 uh, clients are actually inbound. They become inbound leads, so you're not having to chase down anyone. And it's really much easier to do what you likely love to do as your product or your service. So we guarantee that you will increase your qualified LinkedIn connections by 50% or more, and you'll have new clients who want and need what you have to offer in 60 days or less. So if you do what we recommend within the program, and I'm the one who teaches the program, I don't just hand you off to someone else, I work with you directly, and part of my program is that I make sure that you're successful because your success is my success. So when you are successful, I'm successful, and that's what I want is more people to be able to showcase their talents, showcase their offerings, and have great experiences that are not salesy, that are not salesy and not stressful, and no one likes the roller coaster of income, wondering where the next customer is coming from, but when you can have the right people approaching you on a consistent basis, what you do will just come naturally and you'll attract the people who want and need what you have to offer. So it's a six-week program and there are tremendous bonuses on top of that. And the link for the information is bit.ly forward slash LinkedIn client formula and it's all lowercase bit.ly forward slash l-i-n-k-e-d-i-n-c-l-i-e-n-t-f-o-r-m-u-l-a linkedin client formula all lowercase and all the details are there we have some bonuses that are there as well you can read all the details and if you have any questions you can feel free to contact me and let me know
Very good. Well, thank you so much. I understand also that you have a gift for the members of the Skill Bites audience. Can you I surely do. I surely do. And these are our gifts that I give to the hosts who provide such a wonderful community for me to share with and to also learn from because uh, I understand your community is a group of authors and they have expertise to share. So I'll be partaking in your community as well. And um, the gift I have for your community is my success kit. And the success kit includes two items. It includes a LinkedIn profile audit that I will do individually with whoever wants to take advantage of the success, the success kit. I'll do a LinkedIn client uh, a LinkedIn profile audit for you, as well as give you a strategy to promote your new book or existing book, but showing you how to use LinkedIn to promote your book. So those are the two things that are part of the success kit. And all you need to do to access that is to send an email with Judy's gift in the subject line and send that email to support at v-management-academy.com. That's again, support at the, that's T as in Tom, H as in Harry, E as in Edward, dash management-academy.com. And I look forward to working with you to be able to give you some pointers and tips on how to position your LinkedIn profile, your free LinkedIn profile to help you to manage promoting your book, gaining some new sales, and making some collaborative partnerships that will help you with your book sales as well. Excellent. Well, that is very generous of you, Jacqueline. Thank you so much. Um, I look forward to taking advantage of your success kit and, uh, and looking into your, um, your program, your six-week program. Thank you so very much. I welcome you to be a part and to be able to share what I've shared today with your audience so that they can all have success in letting the world know their greatness and the books that they have to offer. Terrific. Thanks so much again for being part of the Snow Bright Show. Thank you so much, Judy.